Welcome to FileMaker Talk. This is Matt Navarre. Today, our guest is Molly Connolly from Thurston Consulting. Welcome. Hi, Matt. How you doing? And you're talking about this really cool apprentice program that you're kicking off. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. So last time we talked, a couple years ago on a podcast, uh, I was trying to do some recruiting because a lot of people are looking for FileMaker developers. They continue to be high demand for developers. But I really had a hard time doing it because there's, um, there's not that many people out there who are looking. So what I've come up with is uh, I think we need to create more FileMaker developers, right? A lot of people have talked about bringing new people into the mix. I totally agree. I know there's been some consultants, um, some of the larger companies that have been really successful, um, like Richard Carlton, for example, who tends to hire younger people and shape them more rather than hiring experienced people who have already had a career consulting and then probably consulting at FileMaker. Absolutely. And, and, I, and I have that's... to step back and say, what a great thing that in this industry, in this economy, that um, there's a great demand for FileMaker developers. I love that. Yeah, me too. And you're absolutely right. So, so what I'm trying to key into is uh, the idea of helping companies hire junior developers and then bring them up to speed. And one of the constraints I've found people have, they're like, yeah, I'd love to hire uh, you know, a smart person and train them on FileMaker. I know we can. We just don't have the time. We're so busy. I can't take a senior developer to handhold somebody new. Um, so what I'm proposing, I've got a handful of platinum partners right now who are going to hire a junior developer, and then I'm going to have a five-week boot camp, not in person, it's going to be virtual, where we're basically guiding them through self-study materials for FileMaker. And what I'm planning to really add is more of the context around how do you become a great developer? How do you find the right resources? How do you communicate with your customers? And at the same time, they're working with their companies to learn the development styles that fit, you know, for example, a Richard Carlton or a Saliant or a support group. Um, they're going to have their own techniques. That sounds so great. And it's interesting, especially interesting for me, who actually is, I'm, I'm growing my business and hiring someone. And I, I um, went the round of trying to hire someone experienced and it didn't work out. And now I'm looking at hiring uh, someone who's junior and having you shape them. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I'm really excited about it. And I think this is a great opportunity for, you know, I mentioned some of the larger companies, but for sole proprietors who are totally swamped, they need some help. Um, the goal, you know, in five weeks, I'm not going to teach somebody how to be a developer, but in five weeks, I can give them some key skills that a more senior person can delegate to, right? Quality assurance, testing, reporting, troubleshooting, all the kind of stuff that happens every day. Um, and if you just had somebody to pitch in and do that, they'll continue to learn as they go, mm -hmm. but right away they can be useful. Hmm. So what are some of the tips? Like, I, I think you, you're not going to focus so much on what you used to do, which is the recruiting part. So what are some of the tips that you can, um, because I think you found that, that developers, that um, companies like like me really wanted to sort of take over that HR, but there's still aspects of that that we do wrong. What what tips can we do, can we use to, to find better people? Who are these junior people? Great question. Um, I think particularly if you're talking about junior people, um, there's a lot that needs to happen just in terms of personality fit. And I think, and I don't mean that like, oh, he's really fun to hang out with and have a beer. I, I mean, who's somebody that's a good communicator? Who gets how you give directions? Who's comfortable with 
um, the way you're conveying information. And you can find that out in an interview um, by the types of questions you ask, by giving them an aptitude test. Uh, the other thing is I think you need to define what kind of help you want. In some cases, people want, they want to hire maybe a liberal arts grad who's a great communicator and focus on teaching them more of the, the communications project management side. Um, and then there's other companies that are like, you know what, I want a coder. I want somebody who's going to put their head down and code and, and, and go that direction. And so I think talk you to need, customers. Yeah, yeah. Like somebody who's going to be behind the scenes just cranking out the code. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think first you define what type, of, what type of work are you looking to delegate because that, that'll depend. Um, then what type of person do you want to work with? Um, I've had great success training both you know, the, the music major and the computer science major, just different, uh, different focus of what they're going to be great at. Um, and then the next thing is, I think in the interview process, you make sure to convey what type of work you're looking for because people are going to be more successful if they're interested and eager. Hmm. A couple things that I look for in particular is I always make them write a cover letter because describing a particular skill they've had. And the one that I'm interested in, again, with junior developers is give me an example of how you've taught yourself a new technology. And then I love to hear the person who says, oh, I made a website. You know, I made a website when I was 15 or um, I integrated this, whatever it is, some project Mm -hmm. that they did on their own just because they were excited about it. And, you know, that taps into the flavor that, got all of us into this, which is it was just fun to solve a problem. Right. So you mentioned aptitude tests. What kind of aptitude test do you give? You know, it's actually, it's something I'm kind of working on right now. If they have some FileMaker experience, you can give them very specific FileMaker questions. Mm -hmm. And it's nice to, not necessarily to see how they, um, how long they take to do the work, but to how they approach the work. So if there's FileMaker experience, there's one kind of test. With a junior developer, I think it's more problem-solving questions. It's an interview of what questions would you ask if I told you my computer wasn't working? How do you get the person engaged in solving the problem? So not like a Google-style question like, how much do all the nickels on the earth weigh? <laughs> yeah, I, I think those maybe show how smart somebody is, but I don't know that they help us figure out if they're going to be a good FileMaker developer. Well, Google asks those questions not to figure out if the person gets anywhere close to an answer because you can't really know the answer. But they say they they do it to try to figure out how the people go about estimating what the answer would be. Mm, Interesting. Yeah, just to see the thought process. Right. They go, well, let's see. Nickels are not as common as other things, and and they weigh about this much, and... So probably in the United States, which has a population of 300 million, probably the average person has 10 nickel, you know, whatever, and then they come up with a... Yeah, and I think that's it. I mean, I haven't figured out exactly what the questions are, but I think it's more important to see how somebody thinks um, than it is to see that they get the right answer. Yeah, so you could present a problem that could be solved with either a relationship or a calculation or a custom function or a script and see sort of how they would go about it. Yeah, I like to ask questions about how they juggle priorities, how they manage their time. Because those are, you know, no matter if they have work experience or college experience or whatever, everyone can talk about how they manage their time, how they've solved a complicated problem, how they juggle different tasks. Okay. So once um, the person is hired and starting at the company, so there's, they're going to have tasks that are going to be 
basic even for someone who's new, you know, go through these hundred layouts and and click the checkboxes so that they can only be viewed in leader list view or form view based on what the layout actually is, that kind of stuff? The way we're going to structure it, because it'll be a little challenging because it's virtual, is I'm going to ask um, the hiring company to dedicate at least 15 hours a week for the new person to study, right? And probably half of that time we'll be spending in quick teleseminars, status reports. I want it to work like a real job, right? This isn't a college class where you go for three hours, you get a bunch of assignments, and a couple of months later you deliver it. This is daily deadlines, and I think that's part of the practice. So mm-hmm. um, there'll be assignments. I'm going to use the, the FileMaker training series materials. Chris Ippolite's got some great videos on lynda.com. Um, got some great books. I'm going to reference different podcasts. So I'm going to have a whole list of resources that I expect them to go through. Then we'll have check-ins on various topics. I've got a couple of apprentices I'm training right now. And it's interesting, a, a lot of the questions, which we have to remind ourselves because it's been so long since we didn't know the answer, are, hey, give me some context. Why would anyone ever want to do that? You know, I had somebody sit down the other day and she's like, well, I did the exercise. I got it right. And I have no idea why I did it. That's kind of the FTS book has a few situations like that. <laughs> yeah. You know. And, and so that's what I want to be able to provide some context. Right. And, um, and especially, you know, another thing in hiring, I'm always looking for people who are willing to say that they've made mistakes. I think the worst thing you can do is get a developer who is afraid to ask a question. Because oh, if, yeah. you, if you can't ask a question, you're, ne- you're going to waste time. You're, never gonna, you're not going to solve the problem in a better way. You've got to be open to learning new ways, admitting you don't know the answer, and then have the perseverance to get it done and figure it out. Oh, yeah. What's that platitude that I hate? The, the only stupid question is the one you didn't ask. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it is, but so, it's, a, it's a platitude, and we try to avoid those. Platitude. It's <laughs> a good word. So let's see. So three hours a day for five weeks – yeah. And then how much of that time is going to be actually on the phone with you and and uh, you directly looking at them? You're going to check with them daily, check up with them weekly? I think what we're going to do is probably we're going to definitely have three or four times a week check-ins. Mm-hmm. I want to have I'm going to have some guest speakers, perhaps you. Get some people to talk about specific topics. Doing like um, webinars with Yeah, a little webinar, you know, we'll We'll get one of the engineers to talk about the best way to install server, right? I'll get uh, some people to talk about plugins. Hmm. Uh, get some people to talk about the different resources. Matt Petrowski's, we're going to use his uh, FileMaker magazine because there's mm-hmm. great content in there. So, yeah, there is. So I'll have some special guest stars. Um, but yeah, the idea is well, we're going to be communicating daily. And again, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to run it like you know, a real-life scenario. I want to get status reports from them every day. What did you do? What did you learn? What are you having problems with? Mm -hmm. The other thing I'm going to do is check in with their mentor because I think that's important to say, hey, here's here's what I'm seeing. What are you seeing? What other kinds of work can you give this person? The mentor, you mean the person who hired them? Yeah. So I I think whoever hired them needs to have some involvement in this program to make sure it's really successful. Well, I think that the thing that you really hit on is that people who hire them are really busy. They don't have time to do the whole mentoring thing. And even though they're going to certainly be working with them and kind of their direct report, there's a lot of aspects to their education that they just can't take over. And that's, that's where you step in. That's what's great about this. 
this is where I think I'm, I'm really going to be able to add some value because it's a lot easier as a mentor if, if the student comes to you and says, hey, I'm stuck on this. Can you point me in the right direction? Mm-hmm. Then it is for that person to come up with exercises, show them where to go, show them how to do it, review their work, and ask questions. Yep. So if this way the, you know, the, the student is already generating information, learning stuff, creating questions, and they have you know, me as a first round to ask, uh, but then also can keep bring the questions to the mentor, uh, it, it just makes it a lot easier to be reactive than, than proactive. How much is it going to cost? It's $5,000 for the five-week program. And uh, I kind of came up with that number because I feel like, you know, especially if you're in a in, – I've got a couple in-house people that are doing this. But for, for consultants, you turn that into billable hours, you can make that up in a hurry. Yeah, that's for sure. Plus, it, it and, can't be too inexpensive because then people don't value it, you know? Yeah, and, and it's got to be something that people are really going to commit to. I want the apprentices to be held accountable. We're going to have them take the certification test. Now, whether or not they're going to be able to pass after five weeks depends on how much they put into it. Right. But I also think it's good to just take that test to get a sense for for what you're missing. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, it's a, it, You know, there's a lot of debate about that test, but it's there really is only one sort of objective measure of a developer, and that's that test, you know? Yeah. Everything else yeah. is subjective. I'd like to come out with some some kind of testing from this program that's more about, uh, I, I think the certification test is great. It's about product knowledge. It'd be nice to have some measure of consulting knowledge or aptitude. Hmm, yeah. I don't have that yet, but I'm, I'm hoping to accumulate some information on it and be able to come up with some kind, of, some kind of way for people to say, you know what, this is what I learned. I like that. That would be great. You could have your, a competing test. Offer it at New Horizons testing centers. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Supplementary test. (laughs) All right. Well, that sounds awesome. I I think you're going to find great success with this venture. I'm really excited about it, and I'm looking forward to to bringing some new blood into the community. Yeah, we need that. All right. Well, it's great talking to you, Matt. I hope you have a fabulous time on the train. Thanks. We'll be... Actually, we're probably going to be recording a couple of podcasts. I don't know. Tweet Facebook, maybe. We'll see. I'm not a big, I'm not big on Twitter, but I'm on Facebook all the time. Love um, it. And I'll take a bunch of photos and stuff. <laughs> all right. We'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks. Thanks.